Alright guys, what is going on and welcome back. This is the Tipped Out Podcast, episode 26. In a special episode, if you are a visual listener with the uh, YouTube channel. Here we have to my right, who we've never been in person, my boy Danny Christie's here visiting down in the, uh, not today so much, but sunny Florida. What's up Dan, it's great to have you in person and finally, uh, finally get this going. We're tangible out here. I can touch it. Uh, it's it's awesome. Thanks for having me down here, Brandon. Um, holy smokes, I'm playing golf. Yeah, I'm playing golf for the first time in in six months, and I suck. <laughs> I'm terrible, man. It's uh, it's it's eye opening, but it's it's great because it's a great challenge to mm. uh, you know. I mean, we try to we try to instruct other people, but at the same time, like. You've got to be able to, to figure your own things out, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a good challenge to try to uh, figure out what you're doing wrong. It's humbling, very humbling. It really is. So yeah, today's today's episode, guys, nothing too, uh, nothing too heavy for you. We're going to be catching up, chatting about our own golf swings, so a lot of cool little nuggets in there. Uh, from that, we might talk about some controversial or funny rules, maybe a little bit about the players, but really more so just kind of a... Uh, an off the cusp is that or off, off the, the cuff? Off the cuff. Two Fs. Two Fs in this podcast, episode twenty-six. So today's unofficial official sponsor of the video, as you can see, is Peach Crown Royal. They have nothing to do with us. They've never seen the podcast, but we love drinking their stuff. So we're gonna definitely have a cheers to that at some point. And uh, but yeah, so be it. Um, so be it. So. One thing I'd like to um, start off with is on the kind of mental aspect, because mm. I feel like um, I've been going a little crazy. I think it's important to remember and almost be, not to be too fickle with golf. Um, it's really been two days. It's, it's maybe <laughs> two, right? And I'm over here like, I stink. I, I, I'm trying to figure out what exactly I'm doing wrong. At the same time, it's like... I just gotta slow down a little bit, let myself continue to hit the ball, and then and then work from there. Um, I just feel like I'm overreacting now that I after after 48 hours of being like, fuck, yeah. you know, yeah. I gotta relax a little bit. I think I think yeah. what we want. I think you and I are both so passionate about um, solving all the golf swings mysteries that when we're struggling, it like drives us crazy yeah. to the point of. Of oh, I gotta fix it now, which mm-hmm. I, might not be um, realistic. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think that that'll be a big. That's that's great. I didn't even think about that aspect, but a lot of this episode will definitely be about like how to get back into golf when you haven't been playing for a while, right? You've been up north. You probably haven't made many other swings other than a couple of simulator swings. We should talk about that too. Difference in simulator numbers and. I'm someone who feels subconsciously probably cage shy, they call it, when I have like a driver indoors. Like I just don't feel like I have the same amount of room. You don't see the same ball flight as you would when you're outdoors, of course. It's very short distance and it hits a screen. I just can't trust my ball flight on simulators usually. I, I don't love it. It's probably because I haven't swung in a while and I'm actually hitting it poor. But then once I get outside, it seems to kind of fix itself. But with what Danny's kind of going through is just 
the highs and lows of how much we love golf and how passionate we are about it and there's just so much excitement when you've been up north yeah, and you haven't yeah. seen green grass and it's cold and then you come down here from shoveling for weeks at a time and you can see the grass it's nice you hear the birds it's sunny you've got the pool we've got some drinks like you know you're not working and it's just you have the opportunity to play good golf so you expect that because we are good players but I mean, how many PGA professionals, how many PGA Tour pros go through some times where it's just not there? It could be it could be mental, it could be your schoolwork, it could be your job, it could be just your lack of practice, or it could just be not enough time doing one thing. That's why it's important that you have and seek professional help yeah. from a coach because, you know, a habit is formed in 66 days. So if you haven't tried your new grip change, if you haven't tried your uh, new swing thought or development for at least 66 days and seen improvement or a lack thereof, then you probably really haven't tried too hard. But how tough is it, Danny, to trust something and go with that for that set amount of time? I mean, it's just... Very hard. Yeah, it's very hard. Even um, as instructors, like you said, yeah. man, I mean, we love the game so passionate. For me right now, I'm working at an academy, so I'm teaching five days a week, if not more, almost all day. And, uh, you know, hopefully, and results have shown, you know, we are, as a coaching staff, getting a lot of players where they need to be. Uh, you know, the higher-end coaches at my facility are very well-known and have a great resume under them. So, of course, uh, they realize that, and they've been in the industry a long time, but it's for someone like myself who's just come from uh, high school golf, college golf, and then college, now to the real working world and kind of in a job where I thought was a dream job, Excuse me. it's just so different, man, to try and balance being a player, being a coach, reading a, a new book a week, a new book a day, watching all the videos, seeing everyone swing, and then not trying to apply my own game to the students, but also trying to like compartmentalize knowledge yeah. versus usable, usable, usable uh, information. Right? I mean, just because I read a Ben Hogan book doesn't need doesn't need doesn't mean I need to swing or emulate Ben Hogan. I'm just taking the little uh, nuggets, as we like to call it, of information he drops and. Uh, some kind of cool things like that, man. It's just such a journey, you know? Yeah, it is. And um, I want to um, kind of point out, though, I think probably one of the most important things, it, anybody who's trying to get better, and I feel like it kind of comes in levels, right? And I, I talked to Brandon this morning. I said, I know I've been at this this level for a long time of, of where my play's at. The, the patterns of my ball flight, all those things. Um, and for me, I kind of thought, you know, I've been doing all this research. I feel like I'm starting to understand what I what I need to do. Um, and then sometimes it doesn't always go to plan. And unfortunately, I mean, even with all that, that knowledge, quotation, it is knowledge. Um, it is. Haven't been playing. So that, that's mm -hmm. a major factor at the end of the day. It's a sport, and it's not a uh, think through it. Right. 
feel it. Yep. Game over. So I, I definitely have a lot of of, of, of worked up habits that um, probably aren't all the best. Might mm-hmm. be good, and that's where I'm a little confused. Is uh, you know what, what's okay to say? Okay, this is your natural body type. We want we can leave that alone. This is what you should. This is this is natural for you. But then where do you draw the line of saying, okay, this is where we have to change something? Because um, it's definitely a, a slippery slope, and it's going to take a lot of a lot of time under mm-hmm. the gun to know those things. Um, I'm drawing a little bit of a blank. I kind of wanted to grab a club mm-hmm. and uh, show a little. Because do you feel that the squeeze, when you squeeze a club... If, if as long as the face is staying square, that's a good good grip. I remember when Pat Sam's talked to us about that. Definitely, and I uh, more so than my lead hand. So if I'm squeezing my lead hand, and we'll say lead hand and glove hand are the same. We don't want to say left and right just because who knows if you're a lefty or a righty. Yep. But my glove hand, my lead top hand. If I squeeze that hand, I'm usually squeezing my bottom three fingers, so my pinky to my middle finger. And when I do that, that's me kind of almost locking up my wrist, and that's how I kind of hold the face and play more of a fade. If I'm gripping a little stronger in my trail hand, my my trail hand, um, that's going to be more around my thumb and my pointer finger, and that's kind of like a gun trigger. And when I feel that in my trail hand, that's how I maintain kind of club face control and that's the the shots I really fear are kind of pure, and I hold the the ball holds the line really well. If I don't kind of have that subconscious check of my grip pressure, I definitely think I grip it a little too loose, and then the club will kind of spin in my hands at impact. If I try and grip it too light, the club gets extremely heavy with how fast a player swings it and then you add the earth and the club connecting together there's going to be some movement right watch a slow-mo of a pro hit a shot on a pga tour event and you can see the shaft bend the head manipulate but their hands are staying square and that club face hopefully stays square as well so to kind of answer your question um i usually don't feel them both together yeah, I usually so, feel one or the other, and that's dependent on the shot I'm trying to hit. A little yeah. more of a held-off, kind of like a wedge. I love hitting wedges with a little more tense trail hand. And then if I'm trying to just hold off like a driver and play a nice little soft cut, I'm going to squeeze a little bit harder in my bottom three fingers of my lead hand. I don't know if that really is the route you're trying to take that. but So I'm looking at it as more of a like training aid type. Okay. Or like a, a test almost, because yep. I was just kind of messing around with it as I was gripping a club. Because mm-hmm. basically, what what I'm working on right now, <laughs> what I'm working on right now is a weaker top hand grip, because my grip was just too strong. Mm-hmm. We believe. Um, so when you look down at your hand at a dress, how many knuckles did you see on that glove hand? Originally or, yeah, originally. or before? Uh, you know. It depends on the angle my head's at, but probably four. <laughs> probably four, okay. Or like three and a half, like a solid three. Like, yep. like that baby was 
moochy gla-gla yeah. on top of the club. Yeah. So when he's talking about weakening that grip, right, he, he didn't look down and see one knuckle, and then now he sees none. He yeah. had a very strong grip, and now he's just changing that based on what ball flight he's trying to see. There's not, uh, but... Fucking mosquito. <laughs> Mosquitoes. Um, I think the other thing, too, it's really not a huge... It's not a huge difference, but to me right now, one thing I'm feeling is slightly more, obviously more of my, like, palm of my hand is just a little bit more wrapped around the club. Yeah. So before, I mean, I was really, like, my fingers really had the, the grip, and mm-hmm. my the rest of my hand was really just, like, kind of rested down on top, so it, made, it, it gave me a lot of leverage, yeah. which, uh, so when I'm not doing that right now, I feel like I can't hinge my wrist this way as much, which I don't know exactly what that means but uh, so you have more of your hands the hand heel pad on it def- I have more of uh, your thumb yeah, like, pad or your your heel pad my this would be my thumb pad yep. right? my heel pad your heel pad perfect yeah so I mean my thumb pad like never touches it really to begin with I don't think <laughs> word word the big difference between like not playing a lot of golf and then coming like out of season, right? So when Danny's out of season, it's winter up in the Great White North, and uh, so you're just definitely not going to have your hands. And by that, I mean short game is probably going to be pretty choppy, and scoring is going to be pretty sporadic. So a lot of times when we come out of what I call hibernation up north, where we don't play a lot of golf, is that we get so caught up in like our swing, the technicalities of our swing. How does it look? It's on video. And then scores start to go up because we don't have all those little nuances, right? We don't know how far our three-quarter inch choke down pitching wedge goes. We don't know, uh, you know, our hands don't have as much knowledge. It sounds weird, but like the hands control everything in the golf swing. That's the only thing connected to the club. So if your hands aren't educated because we haven't been playing a lot, most likely our pitching and our chipping is going to be bad. If your pitching and chipping is bad, your proximity to the hole isn't that good. Proximity to the hole isn't that good, and you haven't putt a long time, your putting's probably not that good. So your scores go up, and then you like you equate it to, my swing is bad. I've seen you hit the ball. We had a range session a little bit the other day, and he's practiced and played a little bit on his own while I'm at work, and like... The strike is solid. Yep. It's not, this yep. isn't the worst I've ever seen you hit it, and it's not the best I've ever seen you hit it. So it's not like. It's not the end of the world. Right. That's all kinda, it, yeah. Yeah. So all it is is just having, like, not even speaking to you now, because as an instructor and as a player, you have knowledge in this. But to the listeners, if you're someone who's going on a boys' trip, a girls' trip, whatever it may be, you're just golfing and you haven't in a long time. Keep the expectations low and just really try to enjoy the round. Now, like Danny's coming down here for an extended period of time. you got a one-way ticket, so hopefully he's here for a couple of weeks. And so by that point, his game will hopefully shape up. Now, if he's here for three, four weeks and still dog and still poor, then, then we just have to look at it from a, a very holistic standpoint and yeah. see okay, bro, are you overthinking it mentally? Mm-hmm. Are you overanalyzing your grip? Are you changing your grip every swing? Are you not thinking about your short game? You know, there's just so many facets of golf 
that don't even pertain to hitting the ball. Your mental, your knowledge gathering, you know, uh, what's the wind doing? What's the slope of the green? What do you want the ball to do when it lands? You know, if you're a beginner golfer, we don't have that knowledge. If you're a beginner golfer, you can't really do much about those uh, factors anyway. But the better you get, um, the more things matter, man. The more that extra mile per hour of wind matters. Yeah. The more that extra pace of the pin being in the back matters. The more the grain into or down matters. The more um, club selection, grip, exit point, your strategy, your mental, your practice plans. Like, it's a very tough game. Yeah, it is. A game of inches and centimeters and, and knuckles, right? The, the matter of seeing one knuckle, two knuckles, or four knuckles can totally change how you swing the club, how the ball comes off, how you think about yourself around the course. It's uh, it's crazy. So my little tidbit about coming from the north or not playing for a while and just getting a chance to play is enjoy everything besides the game, right? Being out on the course, it's a little bit warmer. There's not as much snow to shovel. Um you know, I get to see my yeah. boy again, dude. Like, yeah. a lot of great things to be taken from it, other than maybe hitting a ball a little offline, right? So, yeah. easier said than done. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it can be just simply, like, not playing for a while, and the scoring goes up, and you think it's directly your swing. But Yeah. Um, just, I want to add here, uh, kind of the reason I kind of I took a step back. Literally, in the last hour, I did a little bit of self-reflection. You really sometimes when you overthink or you kind of try to add things into your golf swing with not a lot of structure or not a lot of um, like drills or good reps that you know, like you can't just go out there and feel things. You really can't. Um, it's not really going to change much. So what I'd like to point out is really I think all I've done since I've been kind of fretting about this is uh, – hit it worse when I'm hitting I mean I really wasn't hitting it that bad when I first got on the range I'm looking back on it and I, I'd take it right now yeah um really wasn't hitting it too bad just that the little pull the little pull draw sometimes a hook that uh we saw but I, I definitely was hitting some solid shots you really I, did I was probably taking one side of the course out of the play like I really couldn't hit it uh, right at all yeah I looking back on our eight holes seven holes we played tonight because of the rain and then yeah. today it was uh, today it was definitely worse. I was just trying to do a lot of different things. But, so that's uh, that's huge what you said right there. So without like direction, yeah, you literally just bounce back and forth, band aid fix to band aid fix to I suck, this is shit, I'm trash. Like, when was the last time, or if ever, have you sat down and wrote out like a practice plan for yourself or your swing goals, your current tendencies, like? Like, bro, it's, and this goes for all walks of life, too. Ever since I've started, like, journaling or writing down certain thoughts, if I get in my head too much, peace and clarity come over it. So, like Danny said, if you're if you're a 25 handicapper that hits a slice, and this is your 15th year of hitting a slice, I think we know your tendencies. Yeah. So it's time to get with a coach and get a plan going. Just bouncing around from YouTube video to YouTube video to... You know, all my different tips on Instagram, Danny's different tips. 
it's very tough, right? Because we're not talking to you as an individual when you're getting things from YouTube or you're getting things from Instagram that aren't individualized. You're getting things that are trendy. You're getting things that are fixes for the masses. Now, oh, I, I just looked up the slice fix and it didn't really help. Well, there's a lot of different ways to hit some bad shots. So it could be a fraction of an inch different than what you need and it could make all the difference. So sometimes sitting down and just saying, okay, this is my ideal ball flight. You know, traditionally speaking, people will say high draw, why? Because the pros hit that, you know, Rory hits that and it goes farther. But if that's not your anatomical correctness of swing or your natural swing, or like what Danny's really getting into is matchups based on body's limitations, uh, certain, what, uh, length of appendages, right? Yeah. Like arm length and torsos <laughs> and like... Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, not the appendage you're thinking of, but... Um, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That, and then just like the preference of your body's uh, movement, for sure. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple screens you'll do and, and you'll figure it out from there. Um, or, you know, that's really all I've got, but... Um, I was going to say something sarcastic, but didn't want to make myself seem like I'm bad at teaching. I think I'm all right. Um, No, and you are. So, guys, as a viewer or listener, I really want to tap into what Danny said right there. So, as a very accomplished junior golfer, collegiate golfer, and now an instructor, and mind you, he's won college tournaments, he's won almost every junior tournament I can think of, and he's a very accomplished just wholehearted golfer. I'm talking like being a student of the game from not just knowing how to hit certain shots, but it's knowing how to teach it, reading all different books, knowing how to compartmentalize that information. But right there, all these things that he does so well almost go out the window. And he just said, I was going to say something sarcastic, but I didn't want to make myself sound like a bad coach or a bad teacher. It is absolutely crazy what this game can do to you. <laughs> to like, it's wild, man. We get so as much as we know how much words do to you and your golf game. We can't help but be passive, passive aggressive towards ourselves or like what we're doing, and it's and it could be all one shot. He could be playing very, or not just him in general, but any golfer could be playing incredible golf and hit one shot left and that's where that scar tissue is we have a great story in a minute but that's where that scar tissue is and your world can just implode but on the opposite end of that spectrum you could be playing very poorly and as long as you have that strong mindset and you're the next shot is the one that's gonna change it the next shot the ones are gonna go in the next shots the one that starts online or doesn't go left and as soon as you hit that one Hang on to that feeling and really hold it. But all I'm trying to say from that little bit of rant there is that, like... I'm going to tap in. Yeah, go you. ahead. Um, this ties in very well because mm. I think it goes back to Brandon saying you don't want to have too high of expectations. I think I probably did, first of all. That's why. I, I, I don't know why I instantly am just super hard on myself. I think the other thing, too, is, like... It's almost like a competitive sense, like coming here, I want to be where you're at right now yeah. with how you're hitting it, and then I'm like, I'm yeah. not, right? Yeah. But So I think there's, there's a little bit of whatever going on there. So, I mean, again, that's all mental, yeah. mental shit. Um, 
and then what you just said reminded me of of I was on the putting green this morning. I'm practicing, and I I literally for a second I took a took a step back and was like, dude, you are mentally barraging <laughs> yourself right now. Like, why are you so negative on yourself right now? So where is this coming from? Yeah. And I, I, it, high expectations, I yeah. think, is what it's got to be. But so I I just took a step back. I was like, dude, relax. Like. Just go off, yeah. go on the fundamentals, square things up, be a little more positive with yourself, and then all of a sudden, a couple more of those five-footers I was working on when I was hitting were dropping. I don't know yeah. exactly what it was, but I know I wasn't going into a putt going, the fuck is wrong with you? Why did yeah. you just miss three in a row? Yeah. So um, I just think that's, that's cool, and I think it's relatable because I feel like a lot of golfers, everyone at yeah. some point, yeah. has been there, and... Um, Definitely go easy on yourself. It's yeah. uh, I still have to. I, I'm literally sitting here with like how stupid I feel like I am. Like I literally have been playing for 48 hours. Yeah. And I haven't played yeah. outside in in five months. I don't know why I'm being such a wacko. But. Mm-hmm. And that's just what the game does to you, man. I mean, how many people have we heard, Danny, on the lesson tee? Um, I just read a, read a blurb from it tonight from a possible lesson. That's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm 60, 68 years old. I played for 55 years, used to be almost scratch, and now I'm, now I'm hitting it pretty poor. That goes back to expectations, man, and just because you were once something doesn't mean that now you're going to be that something. Everything changes. You played for 55 years, but now you're almost 70. You don't think your game, your body, your energy level, your, your commitment, the fact that you can't hit the ground as hard as you once could, like... All those things go into it, and I feel like a lot of seasoned golfers get so frustrated, not because of their current results, but because they used to be able to do it. And it probably sucks so bad, and they, it. it's probably the same thought as you have right now, but thank God you still have your youngness. Your your youngness, is that a word? Youth. Your youth. That's the word he's looking for. Good thing you still have your youth. That could be a wordle word, five letters, keep it in mind. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just goes all into expectations and in that nothing good comes from looking back at the past other than maybe learning about how to predict uh, how to go about the future. But golf is a very present sport. Only that shot in that exact moment matters. The one before does not matter. The one ahead of time, you haven't hit it yet. So of course it does not matter. You can't change the one behind you. Ben Hogan used to think about once he hit a shot, a giant brick wall from ground up to the heavens used to be behind him, and everything behind him was behind that wall. He cannot look back. So what is the sense of looking back if there's a wall there? There's nothing to see. So play in the present. Worry about that next shot, or not the next shot, the shot at hand as much as possible. Like we've heard Tiger say in a lot of interviews, he worries more about that shot at hand than breathing. Now, I'd probably pass out if I tried to do that, but uh, he's the GOAT, so I'm not sure. But really, dude, it's just, it's a humbling game, right? And it really is. Just because really is. you were at your latest peak a couple months ago, back when we were in college, winning national championships and winning tournaments and, you know, taking top fives, this is months later, post-COVID, post-winter, and you've had a club in your hand for a total of how many seconds when you think about it, right? How many how many seconds does it take to hit a golf ball? One? 1. 1.8 or something like that? 
So how many shots have you hit? More than you've liked to. But also, like, oh. <laughs> got him. But taking a couple drops. But it's just, it's incredible. So as a uh, an accomplished golfer, an accomplished coach, and a student of the game, if he's having trouble mentally with the game currently, I certainly think someone who works a 9-to-5, totally separate from golf, never read a golf book, and plays on weekends for fun, I assume you're having some trouble too. So if that's the case, please reach out to us and we will uh, we'll help you through that. But Yeah, one thing I want to point out, which I don't know if this has any relevance or not, but I think it's going to be kind of funny. Hmm. With my scores, uh, we've played and, and I've, only, I've played a couple holes without you. Um, have you seen me make a double yet? I don't think so. I was just noticing that's interesting. I'm making bogeys out the ass. I'm just making bogeys. Now, there's been a couple situations where I probably could have if I make a, like, I've been saved by a tree a couple times that made me not have to take a drop. Um, But, yeah, I'm making, it's not even, I feel like I'm so close. Like, I have to just wiggle in a little bit better on each hole and they'll all be pars, which is interesting. I just noticed it. Like, I'm making just bogeys. It's not like, and they're not like, they're pretty routine bogeys, like. Yeah, so that that's my next question based on that. Um, that's another thing. Stats, we've covered this before, but stat tracking is is a must. If you're trying to get better, it is a must because yeah. we haven't been stat tracking, but since we are seasoned golfers, and I say seasoned golfers meaning we played a good amount of tournament golf or just rounds in general, that we most of the time can keep our fairways, greens, and maybe usually putts if we look back at the round quick enough. We know those stats, but it's impeccable and uh, to track them, right? Because, for this exact reason, are those bogeys only coming from tee shots, or are you getting yourself in the fairway and now it's, okay, maybe the wrong club. Okay, maybe you haven't played in this severe of wind in a while and you've chose the wrong club, and yeah. now you're fighting a grip change and not trusting it. If we haven't fully committed to the shot we're going to hit, and you hit a good shot, it's a lucky shot. If you do not 100% commit and you hit a good shot, it's pure luck. If you can commit to the shot and you hit a bad shot, that's golf. So that's what I'm just trying to say, but yeah. I think that what you're starting to realize once you've just had time to kind of compartmentalize your thoughts is that yeah. I don't think it's a lot or only swing-based. It could no, be it's, not it's short all. game. It's, it's a chunk chip because it's an uphill lie into the grain yeah. and and Florida has some cracked-ass grass. It's uh, a yeah. lot of wind, and the wind dies, and we're not used to, like, you know, picking between the wind and trusting that the wind was going to stay persistent. And it's, yeah. you know, and then on top of that is the swing change, is the mind change, is the your body has not swung a club consecutively outside. outside. Now... If you're someone who hasn't played golf in a while and you go walk or ride 18 holes yeah, or you're on a golf... Yeah, and legs are, are, are tired. Yep. And yeah. you've been in the gym a lot, so this this does help the strength factor. But not... But, but not golf nice. muscles yeah. are different mm-hmm. than your regular day-to-day muscles. So that torque, that amount of compression on your back, your vertebrae, your spine, your lats, the stretching, the extension... The amount on your wrists, even just the walking on your ankles. Where I feel it the most right now is like bottom of my feet, like yeah. through here, like my calves a little bit. Plantar fasciitis. 
Just no, not that. But in his head, somewhere. I don't even know what that means. It's something oh, it's with a, a pain, foot. Like in here, like really bad. Gout. I guess. I got gout. Um. But that's all I'm saying. I, I would bro. like to uh, let's let's tackle this a little bit. I, let's I do mean, it. I'm here for for, it. for me. It's almost like a perfect combination of everything. Nothing's so bad that it's it's really bad. But yeah, everything has been a little bad. Like mm. driver was probably my honestly been the best. Um, and then I'm not really hitting. I'm missing missing more greens than I should. And then my short game is is almost non-existent. So maybe uh, mm -hmm. it's it's interesting. I, I practiced today. Short game putting did a ton of it, and definitely didn't quite turn over onto the golf course. More chipping. I putting is, is iffy, but I did hit a couple putts that I that I felt were better. Mm -hmm. I made a putt finally, made like a longer putt yep. on the course. Um, chipping, yeah. Short game like pitch shots, thirty fifty yards, like left them kind of short today. Trash, yeah. <laughs> so, but the other thing too, now that I think about it, is I didn't really hit many of those. I'm, I'm not right. practicing those. I gotta go to like that pitching area probably because that that short game area there, I was hitting, I was getting grooving like like right in front of you chips and yep. then like short sided chips, mm. but didn't hit many like pitching wedge. So bumps. this is this is a, that was a perfect segue into the next little blurb. So. I'm going to ask you some simple questions, more so for the viewer to chew yeah, on rather no, than... Yeah, this is going to be kind of mock, but it's not really. Yeah, it's exactly. So, example, sample one. So, like Danny said, he went to practice this morning uh, some short game stuff. I'm out there for three hours, too. Like, I, I was practicing, but go ahead. Exactly. Yeah. So, did you have a plan going into today? No. Okay. Uh, the shot types you just described for us were on the fringe straightforward chips. It was maybe down a little bit of a gut, kind of a little high, soft. Yeah. I mean, pitch. you've seen the Saints practice. Exactly. I mean, you know what the shots I'm looking at. Are. Exactly. Um, putting. What did you work on in putting? Putting, I actually had like a legit, I didn't have a plan going in, but when I realized that I couldn't get on the golf course, yep. I had to practice, yep. which was probably good for me. Mm. I, I then developed a plan and, um, Putting I did primarily. I just started like warmed up a little bit, and then I did gate drill. Mm. One hander. I would. I had three golf balls. I do two one handers. Um. Then a then a two hander. Yep. Two one handers. Two hander. Two one handers. Two hander. Then I would sprinkle the balls out around the green. I'd give myself. I'm on a hole on a slope, so I'd go to the right side of it, put the balls out. I got three. Remember, so I would kind of have like an uphill right to lefter. A kind of side onto the hill, right to left, and a little downhill, right to left, and I'd put them on the other side, have the opposite with left to righters, and I'd go back to the gate drill, try to keep in track. So, then when I'm doing that, I'm going through my routine, trying to see my start line that I want to hit it on, see where about, like, I see the break of the putt, see where I want it to go in the hole, and then I, I'm really focusing on hitting that start line, really, and uh, Palmer's smiling right now like he's either going to smoke <laughs> me for being terrible at practicing. Or, I don't really know, but I was pretty happy with how I practiced. Incredible. No, I. Uh, that's kind of what my practice sessions look like for putting, too. Next question. How many lag putts did you hit? A lot. A lot? Time. Okay, okay. I, I putted, wasn't expecting I probably, I mean, when Dad dropped me off at the <laughs> course, uh, I mean, again, like I said, I had three hours. Right. And uh, 
I got too frustrated on the range, so I really didn't spend too much time there. Um, so I, I did a lot of putting because, you know, I, I like to putt. And mm -hmm. I would have probably done more chipping, but to be honest, could see could, there could be a better practice green there. More like chipping areas. I should have gone. I didn't even realize there was a pitching area. I didn't even realize there is a pitching there. area. It, it is um, low-key like they did let that green go, and so then now they were trying to bring it back, and then they did end up sloping it as you saw, almost like a a mound just for drainage. It's just a yeah. cracked out yeah. uh, push-up green, but I do like the putting green. It does facilitate for putting. Exactly. It Great technically, for putting. it technically isn't a chipping green, but everyone chips there. Oh, you're not supposed to chip there. There's no sign, I don't think. Yeah. But, but I wouldn't be surprised if you weren't because it's literally like right. built up and like yeah. terrible for chipping, to be honest. Right. But, There's nowhere around it yeah. that the grain is good or that the the grass is what you see on the course. So Or grown. Yeah. Right. And so <laughs> Right. And so then then the range is sandy because it gets an incredible amount of traffic. But yeah, yeah. kind of two more questions at least on the tip of my tongue here. Okay. Let's um this next one's not even a question, but when we track our stats, or when we really kind of, for me, I want to get more into having a golf book, and what I mean by that is like, jotting down my misses for the day, or maybe my, my misses for the day, or maybe my tendencies. So if you're someone who yeah. tends to hit a high week fade, <laughs> if you're someone who hits a high week fade, Probably most times that's not going to get to the green, right? And that's probably, if you're a right-handed golfer, that's going to be short right. So, if you're practicing, that, this instance that I was going to talk about more for a practice round. But anyway, if you leave yourself 50 yards short of greens, and any time you go to the course, you practice how Danny did today, right on the cusp of the green... Yeah, you're not you're not technically practicing for what you see the most, right? So the next piece to that is like when you have your stats, it's always good to have like the amount of shots from 50 yards and in you hit. Because I mean, are you two yeah. chipping, three chipping? Are you chunking a wedge shot that leaves you inside 50 again? Uh, those things help. So knowing your tendencies and stats, Definitely. incredible. Practice what you you see. What the you next see piece. The golf course. Practice like you play. Yeah. And the next piece, the next question. Um, it's kind of even more so a selfish question. Why did you get frustrated on the range? Did you have a clear, concise, committed shot shape and committed target each time? Um, before no. you answer, before you answer, because this this may sway your answer. When I and I just said this to you the other day, but for our listeners, I don't get much time on a range anymore I go to work I have a lot of not time but a lot of chances to hit certain shots pitches putts to kind of showcase or show things uh, to students but after work I'm pretty much going out walking like four holes or trying to get a quick nine in and I'm playing so I'm I'm really trying to perform the art of playing golf and scoring so when I get on a range, there's really no result other than what result we create in our head. I'm pretty happy with my swing right now, and when I'm on the course, I can get it around. So when I'm on the range, what I'm trying to get at, Danny, is that like 
I'm getting frustrated because I don't have a clear goal of what I'm trying to do. And I'll hit one a little left and just get mad. But, like, yeah. I didn't say that I wanted to hit a fade. So when it draws and I get upset, yeah, that's, that's the issue. So if, like, I'm not picking targets, you always should. If I'm not picking targets and I don't have a shot shape in mind, and I didn't pick a like a, a start line, an intermediate target. I didn't go through my routine. You know, if I'm just sitting there raking balls, like wh- where's the consistency? Where is the this is going to lead into the course mentality? So going back into my original question, why did you get upset on the range? Um, that's a great question. Um, because to be honest, it's it's not as straightforward of an answer. Like. No, I mean, like, it's 100%. not super straightforward. I think one problem, maybe it's a problem, maybe it's not, mm. um, that I have, like, with my approach to golf almost and with my approach to ball striking is, is I, know, I know I've told you this before, a lot of times I just try to hit a stock shot, mm. right? Yep. I've told you, right? I've mentioned that to you before. I've told you countless you times. Um, I just try to, I mean, set up, pick my target, and I just make like my so. So when I'm on the range and I'm I'm hitting my stock shot, but you're changing well, your grip. So well, what is well, your stock shot? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That, that's what I want to point out. It's <laughs> like, and I I kind of do like that idea, and, and and you know people are gonna people would disagree with it. You'd probably disagree with it, but I do like the idea of like. Okay, this is my kind of like trained, senseless, not necessarily senseless, but I'm not trying to do anything crazy with this golf ball. I'm trying to make my golf swing at it. And, and where, you know, it should be something. What I want right. my stock golf shot to be is something that ends on my target line, though. Right. And, and right now it's not. Um, but I'm consistent. Like, that is my, my stock shot right now is a pull. Like, a, a pull. Yep. It's just a pull. And then sometimes it gets a little more away from me and starts drawing, I would say. Yeah. Um, but there's, I feel like there's probably a flaw in, in, in that, um, that logic. But then I, I, I get kind of, I guess what I was most frustrated with was that I couldn't, then I can't figure out how to start on my line, you know, or, or get it to go on my end initial target. Yeah. So then I, I really buckled down, got like my alignment rods and stuff out. And then I'm sitting, and then there's a big right to left wind, and I'm in my head. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just trying to make sure my face is a little less closed. Hopefully, these poles will start with a little bit more open face. will start cutting, and I did hit a couple that I thought were pretty good. And honestly, when I first started doing it, I hit a couple in a in a row yeah. that I, I thought were pretty good. Um, and then I just couldn't tell for sure with the wind. Um, so then I was like, well, like, let's try starting it right at my target line. And that's where shit went terrible. Because, yeah. like I said before, you can't just go out there and feel things and go, oh, I want to start around my target line. And all of a sudden just ramp it into a full swing. I know better than that, but yeah. in, in my head, for some reason, I still want to try to do it when, in reality, I should have stuck an alignment stick in the ground or something mm-hmm. and, and tried to hit at least, like, little smaller swings yeah. starting it right yeah. at that. But, um, yeah. Feel, feel versus real in golf. We've heard that saying all the time. And it's so true, man. Like, So when you're sitting there feeling the shot and you don't have a trained eye or even a camera with a good angle, you could be feeling that you're 
you know, your square, your path is zeroed out, but like, you know, or you're a little over the top, right? Because you're hitting a pole. So then you're like, all right, well, let me zero it out. Now you're swinging eight degrees to the right and your body's not used to that and your hips are fast. So now you're, now you're going to double cross or even bring a shank about. So it's like, didn't do that. That's good. No, um, I'm, I'm fine in the middle of the face. It's just not going anywhere where I think. Yeah. So that's one good thing. Um, so really it ties back into right expectations, having a plan, yeah. and uh, just to like, I'm sure you did this, but just um, like taking breaks. If you're gonna practice that long, like that's that's like a uh, that's a very advanced allotment of time for practice. Uh, like a three-hour window for yeah. a little bit of range and short game. Like my breaks were built in by non-consensual conversations with, uh, <laughs> with other guys in the practice area. So yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, no, he's totally right. I mean, it, mentally. It'll wear on you too if right. you're out there for three hours trying to work on stuff and maybe it's not going accordingly or or other things. I think one thing that I'd like to point out, which I didn't fall back on, which I normally always do, I think because I was really just trying to make something happen right yep. away. Yep. Um, if I'm ever really struggling, I just go to like tiny, small swings, small shots. Just get some sort of something that I can say, okay, I'm comfortable doing this, and and, and with these small shots, just starting at left, starting at right, whatever it may be. Like if, if I could start hitting 50 yard halfer swings yep. that start left and fall a little bit right, boom, that's something to go off of. Yep. Then add a little more speed, add a little more speed, and and really just try to find find something that'll work mm -hmm. on the golf course. Because at the end of the day. You don't have to be perfect, yeah. and, and uh, I was trying to be perfect for sure. Mm -hmm. If you set up two alignment sticks on the ground, the width of your club, okay, you know what I'm talking about—the yep, channel. Yep, yep, yep. Could you hit in between them? Could I hit like so? Basically, hit the ball on the center of the face. Yeah. Club moving through there. Yeah. I have no idea. Currently. That'd be my question. I'd like to think I could, but if maybe you do that, club I'm... exiting, like if my club's exiting as left as we think it is, maybe it would. Maybe my heel would catch the one. Right. So that's what I'm trying to think about. Is that like? I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm trying right. to just think about your path. Like. Yeah, I can't think about it right now because then I won't talk. But um. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where I'm at too. Is like, it's so. Again, this is just going to be relatable yeah, content. Um, it is. Um, for me, it is so. Like, I remember when I was younger, and 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 Mary taught me to swing more to the right. I always end up coming back to over the top a little bit. I like, and and something about it to me feels like more powerful or something. I don't know yep. but I, the, I I just feel like com more comfortable and like it feels more repeatable to me every time I try to swing out to the right it just feels so against kind of what what I want to do which I don't I don't know if and if I'm, that's I'm, really, I'm thinking thing. that's because of your hips bro like yeah. there's really no way so in my mind I'm going to cut you off again yeah, but it's just no like 
to me, it's like, well, I, I like the feel of that move. It feels consistent. I feel like I just rip left, like, I do. But yeah, you do. If, if I could just, if, if I could just match a little bit of a, a more open club face to that, I, I'd be ha as long as it's consistent and, and I'm not losing it. Like, if I could almost eliminate more the left side of the golf course right. rather than eliminating the right side. I mean, that's what technically should be happening, but it's, but it's, but it's purely not, based right? on grip. Yeah. yeah. I truly think it's based on grip. Like, do you think I could get away with where it's at now? Okay, let's say I just can figure out the, the face a little bit better. I think that'd be like pretty <laughs> yeah, repeatable, right? Like, you're, you're, well, and the, there's some a, reason I can't. Right, and there's a difference. When we say over the top with Danny Christie, we're talking like a degree. Over the top for some of you is probably like 12 degrees, and and then you aim more left to try and compensate for the fade, and all you do is play a slice. So there's a big difference. But as you can see, the amount of thought, preparation, mental agony, and also like hours of hitting that goes into this to even <laughs> to just try and it's play crazy, decent, man. consistent golf. But like, uh, yeah, there's no there's no doubt in my mind that. You shouldn't be able to play incredible golf that you're used to by just backing off your grip a little bit, bro. Like, yeah, figure out a way to get that face just a little more. Maybe. And I mean, we all do. Um, but I mean, are you checking your club face on a straight edge as you grip? Like, did we do a little bit of that last night? And then you, yeah. you did the, like a certain I test. I think it's square. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think. Like, what, range, what if your club is like even a little closed, and then you have a super strong grip, yeah. and then you like? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, bro, it, you release it like someone who has a weak grip. Yeah. Like, look at Tiger and Rory, and, bro. Bro. They yeah. they see a knuckle and a half. You see four and release it like that. I would argue that Rory doesn't, but we'll have to take that. What? Like Rory doesn't? What? See, no, I feel like Rory probably sees two or three. Probably two. Pretty strong. Pretty strong, man. I mean, yeah, he does hit an in-to-out draw, high draw, though. So he has to release it. His path isn't over the top. <laughs> Point taken. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, as soon as I said that... He was that, fucking wrong about the grip, though. I was wrong about the grip. I'll give him that. I don't know Rory, because... I don't watch bad golfers, but um, <laughs> but he's my favorite. Yeah, as I say that, it's torture. But um, all in all, man, just go easy on yourself to the listeners yeah. and to you, man. It's uh, this has been a more um, a less instructive podcast for sure, and a mm -hmm. more like just transparent um, yep. where we are literally just. Uh, conversing about the swing and just putting our, our actual thoughts yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, so, like Danny just said, so this may not be how to hit the perfect pitch shot podcast, um, but I know there's going to be a lot of you listeners out there that get a lot from this because you are at the point in your game where we are at, and if you're yeah. not, we will certainly get you there. <laughs> um, but that's just what it is, man. It, it goes, it comes down to like, any profession or obsession has so much with it. Like nothing. There's no straight line to success, really. There really isn't, man. I mean, it's this, corny, but it's true. just. I mean, for us as teachers, there's no straight line. Like clearly, 
I want to be a, a great instructor and want to be able to help everybody, but being clearly, I, I'm not there yet, right? Like, or I'm, you know, there's bumps in the road. There, it's a learning curve, and and I'm just in the midst of learning. Like, yeah, we all are, and that's that's huge. I mean, you talk to any instructor, and if they tell you that they don't have a, a single doubt about something or they know it all, then please stay away from that. But like Danny said, man, this is going to be a very transparent thing with us. This is, this is what we want this to be, right? This is this is our podcast. We want your guys' opinions, and please call in, message in, uh, DM us for topics, questions, concerns. But, like, this is going to be the stuff that we want to talk about. So sometimes it's going to be more selfish, and, like, we're going to have conversations recorded, but almost for our own mental sanity and for our own clarity of things. And... I think that's something we really want to bring to you guys because it does have so much value. Yeah. But it's just not going to be a cookie cutter how to hit a high soft pitch, right? This yeah. is this is a wholehearted conversation with great transparent information about the golf swing, the mental game, how tough it can be and just how humbling of a sport it is and that's at the end of the day that's why I truly love it, right? You talk to anybody and they make a putt on 18, they hit a good drive, keeps me coming back, right? Like you can hit 88 terrible shots. But yeah. Your 89th one that I goes that. in, <laughs> but your 89th one, man, that goes in is the one that keeps you coming yeah. back. Amen. So just like that 89th swing, just like that 89th shot there, we hope it keeps you coming back as well. This has been episode 26 of the Tipped Out Podcast. Stay tuned. There's going to be a couple more, hopefully a bunch more, like this uh, while Danny's here for the next couple of weeks, couple of days, and uh, a lot of cool guests coming up as well. Some cool things on um, rules, rules controversies, a lot of different cool topics about bringing you guys some stats from not only the tour, but amateur golfers. We don't see enough stats and stories about amateur golfers, probably because it's not as uh, exciting and, and cool, right, to see young Johnny shoot 103, but it's uh, it's more relatable than the point zero 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 one percent of yeah. golfers that make money yep. for a living. So, Amen. Any last words, my brother, before we uh, get back out there and uh, hook it around? No. It's a pull hook, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's not a push hook, it's a pull hook, and uh, it's not really hooking, it's just a pull, so... We're going to loosen that grip. <laughs> We're going to weaken that grip and get him uh, stuffing the pins again. So, Amen. Th- amen, corner. <laughs> thanks again, guys, for your uh, – thanks again for your time. And, uh, yeah, Brandon Palmer on YouTube for this podcast, Danny Christie Golf on Instagram. TikTok coming at you with more content. Facts. Danny's going to be filming. I'm going to force him to film as much as possible while he's here and take advantage. Fun, fun stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, yeah. Stay, stay tuned. A lot of the, if you guys are watching on the YouTube, uh, some good vlogs are coming up. Course vlogs. Uh, the club he's got in his hand is a beater, man. Is whack. Show beater. him a close up of that. That is a Browning 440 for all you gun lovers out there. Look at this baby. This is the uh, face here, nice and shallow. It is not even the width of a golf ball. We don't have one out here right now, but. Um, Incredible stuff. So once again, episode 26, podcast 26, the Tipped Out Podcast. Peace and love. We will catch you in the next one. Drink some Crown Royal, unsponsored sponsor. Ghost Golf. Check them out on Instagram, please, at Ghost Golf. Peace and love.
Peace and love. Contraband got that dope. Sometimes I don't feel alright. New girl on my face, she says she nigga, but that's why I don't feel alright. Catch me in the good mood, I just might. Stop talking, I'm breaking the.